Hi friends, you're listening to Art and Magic, a podcast where we connect all things practical, magical, and really real when it comes to walking the artist's path. I'm your host, Devin Walls, painter, mentor, and dreamer. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to the show. Whew, I don't know about you guys, but I've had quite the busy six weeks and summer months. If you've been following along with me personally, you know that I just opened up and installed my solo show. It's called From Here to Nowhere with Aquila Projects here in Southern California. I'm so excited about it. I'm thrilled with how it came out and also doing something like that is a lot of work and I kind of forget how much work it is every time I go in to do something like that. Um, But truly, I don't think people realize the logistics that go into planning a show, um, the physical labor, just sheerly that has to happen, um, and emotional energy too, you know, in terms of creating all of these pieces, especially in quite a timely fashion. So um, I'm feeling proud, I'm feeling deflated, (laughs) and I would love for you to go check it out. Um, If you're interested, you can do so on my personal account at Devin Walls Art on my website. And if you're local to the Southern California area, you can make an appointment to view it, which I sincerely hope you do. So today we're doing a Q&A episode, which I'm really excited about. These are really fun for me. And the question is all about how to develop a unique style especially when you're feeling overly influenced by other artists. So we're going to go deep into that subject. But before we do that, it's also very timely that I'm talking about this because I just opened up my brand new workshop series called Unique, which is all about how to develop a unique style. I'm really passionate about this area of being an artist because it's something I've put the most focus into Uh, over the years. And it's what I've seen yield the biggest results. You know, I've said this in past episodes, I say it all the time, that business strategy and, you know, knowing how to navigate the online world, all that is very, very important. I teach it. I'm an advocate for it. However, if somebody were to ask me what's made the biggest difference in my own art path, I would say it's the cultivation of my own unique work. There is no substitute for that. Nothing will attract the opportunities and the sales with more energy than that. So that, first and foremost, I think is where, you know, if we want to grow as an artist, we should be putting our attention. So this workshop series that I'm teaching is all online. It's a series of four workshops. The first three are part lecture, part hands-on new approaches and exercises. And then the fourth one, we are going to split up into small groups and you're gonna have the opportunity to bring your work, ask questions, get feedback from me and from your peers. So, you know, I really believe that this isn't something that we can do in a vacuum and having somebody else point out like, this is your strong suit or I think you should go in this direction. I know for me, that's been some of the biggest turning points. And so I want to create that space for you guys as well. So I'm going to say even more about the workshop at the end of the episode, if you're curious. But in the meantime, all the information is in the show notes. Okay, so let's get into it. Our question today comes from Hannah Anderson. Hannah wrote, the biggest thing on my mind right now is how to develop a unique style. 
And I know the answer is just keep creating until it emerges, but I want a deeper answer, actual concrete things I can do to expand my vision or generate new ideas that are not so informed by other artists' work. Often it feels like everything has already been done, so there's no hope of truly being unique. The work I'm creating now looks like work I see online. I want to break out of that, but I literally don't know how because my mind doesn't know how to fabricate new stuff out of thin air. Feels like a wide open blank canvas and the only things I have to reference and pull from are other people's work. How do I find other references? How do I translate internal personal ideas into something tangible? Well, Hannah, I just want to say thank you for writing this all out in the way you did, because I think every person listening right now can on some level relate to this. And I will say that it definitely speaks to my own journey and how I was really feeling in my first couple years of being an artist. So in order to answer this question, I'm going to go over the, it's like four and a half or five main issues that I see Um, or blocks, if you will, when it comes to developing our voice. Like, why is this so difficult? What is actually standing in our way? I think it's really important for us to understand that first. And then I'm going to go into some practical, actual tips and things you can start doing to shift in a direction that's more true to you and more unique. Okay, so the first issue is actually one that you very clearly already mentioned, and that's too much inspiration or influence from other artists. Um, I also think this is really directly related to spending so much time online and on social media, which, you know, artists 20, 30 years ago didn't have as much. So if this is an issue you resonate with, something you may have also noticed is that even if you went and did the logical thing, which would be to unfollow these people and stop looking at this work, you're still creating in similar ways. Like you can't totally just shut it out and ignore these influences and act like they never happened. I want to say that I really went through this. In my first couple years of making art, I came across the same issue and it made me really self-conscious about my work because I knew that it kind of looked here and there like these other people. And I was so frustrated with that that I just, you know, stopped going on Instagram altogether. But I just found that those things that had kind of got their grip in me, certain colors and elements and ways of working, I couldn't get around them. So I'm going to address how you get around them in a little bit here, but I'm just naming this to say that unfollowing is not enough and that's normal and there's a solution. Okay, so these next two are kind of quick, but they're really worth mentioning. The second issue might be a fear of commitment. Um, Also could mean like a fear of picking something and sticking to something. I don't know if this is you, Hannah. It's not necessarily what you wrote, but I do know a lot of artists who struggle to develop their own style because they're pulled in a million different directions. They resonate with everything. They they don't know what their style is because they're so talented, they can do a lot of different styles. And while I think that's great and can be used to your benefit in a lot of different ways, I do think it's natural and common to want to find our thing and our voice. And so we think what needs to happen here is a little bit of taking a chance on yourself and going with what pulls you the most and just trying to stick with it, just seeing what it would be like to commit and follow one direction and see where it leads. You might have some of these other issues cropping up and you know those will need to be addressed as well, but this fear of commitment and fear of picking something thing, I do see stand in the way of artists and you know more of their true voice. Okay, so the next issue, kind of of the same thread, is a fear of failure. And so you're not taking risks with your work. 
The process of developing our own style requires us to go out on a limb. Like we have to take a chance on something new and different. And often what we learn in the process of those mistakes will later become part of our style, but we can't get there by looking at something else. We actually can't get these specific things from um, being inspired, even if it's not from art. They really have to happen in the process, often with you working with your materials in a new way. So of all the things I'm gonna talk about today, this is the one that really emphasizes that you need to do the work. And I know, Hannah, you had said, you know, I know the answer is to keep making and making, but it's not getting me anywhere. And that's actually really valid because the truth is making and making in the same way over and over won't shift your style. So you're right about that. And we're going to talk more about what you can do outside of that. However, none of the things that I am going to present to you will work without showing up and putting in the hours. So it's definitely a both and situation. Okay, so now that we've covered those things that really just needed to be said, we're getting on to the big one. And I actually think that this is the main one, definitely for what Hannah is describing based on where she's at, and probably for a large majority of artists who are struggling. Okay, so issue number four is a lack of clarity on our message or a lack of cultivation of our interests. And this is, this is a two-parter. This is kind of why I said like four and a half or five issues. Okay, so often when we start out making art, we're learning about materials and how they work. We're focusing on basics like color and marks and com composition. We're learning how to construct something visual. And as we're learning these things, which are really kind of like skills, looking at other people's art is really helpful. It's actually really helpful when you're first starting out to copy other art, just from a pure learning technical standpoint. But then I think what the natural progression of things are, which is I think what Hannah is describing, is you hit a point where you're like, okay, so I'm painting, I'm playing with the materials, I'm making stuff, but is this art? And like, is this my art? And those are really valid questions. I actually think that if you're asking those questions, it's a sign of a really good artist. So probably what has been lacking in this early phase of learning your materials and painting and putting things together, and I'm totally making an overgeneralization here, you know, I'm sure there's just bits of pieces of this that will apply to everyone. Um, but probably what's been lacking is focusing on things a little bit off the canvas. So what are you genuinely interested in? What do you care about putting out into the world? What are you passionate about? What kind of like tickles your fancy to explore? What's your message if you have a message? What do you love? What are you drawn to in life? This kind of area that we're starting to touch in are our themes, our central ideas, and our content. And once we have good agency over our materials and a decent understanding of the basics, this is the realm that we want to start pulling on for our style development. So in Hannah's question, she said, I feel like the only things I have to reference and pull from are other people's work. Well, I think that this issue kind of addresses that, the issue that we're talking about here. A main place that you can and should be referencing should be your own interests and ideas and concepts. Now, this is why this is a two-parter. Our ideas and themes and concepts 
are not often already in the form of visual material, unlike other artists' work. So they are much harder to translate and pull visual ideas from. However, that is kind of what we're doing here when we're making art. We're taking things that aren't physical and making them physical, things that aren't visual and making them visual. I'm going to give you some tips in this arena in a second here, but I also want to say that this ability to translate, um, or actually I had a teacher who once referred to it as building a bridge from the inner world to the outer world, like we're strengthening that bridge. That is a skill and it operates like a muscle and we really need to practice and strengthen that muscle. So in the beginning, when we start weaning off of other visual references and we start trying to do this, we might actually feel like, crap, our work looks a little bit worse and our process is a lot more difficult. And that's because you're doing a new thing. You're entering a new realm of making art that you haven't before. But I also want that to be hopeful because just like you were able to probably improve a lot from the first time that you picked up a paintbrush, you are also going to improve in this department as well. Okay, before I move on to what you can do and some things you can try, I want to say one last thing about feeling like everything's already been done before. My best advice, if you're stuck on this, is to literally just forget about it. That headspace of everything's already been done before is extremely anxiety-provoking, as I'm sure you already know. And also, I think we um, might want to visit the question... Is that the goal? Is our goal when we're making art to make something that's never been done before? Because that's kind of a project in and of itself. There's a quote or something by Elizabeth Gilbert, something I just heard her say one time, which was, I would much rather see art that is honest than original. Originality is a messy, messy, messy topic. Yes, we want our work to be unique. Yes, we want our work to be our own. But 100% original, that probably doesn't exist. Another thing I've heard before, which is very common, is everything is a remix. And I think that that's true to an extent as well. You can still utilize some things that you've seen before as stepping stones to cultivate your own voice, your own palettes, your own elements, your own way of doing things, your own way of remixing and mashing things up. So I want to tie up this topic around originality by uh, posing the question to you, what is most important for you in your art? What are you aiming to accomplish? I'm imagining that a lot of artists might say to, you know, make somebody feel this thing or connect people with this idea or show people my inner world or, you know, if you're really talented, bring attention to this cause. That's never been me. I've always wanted it to be me, but uh, it works for some artists, not for others. In any case, I would focus more on your answer to that question than creating something that's never been done before. And the irony is in creating art that's driven by that question, you very likely will create something that is very unique to you. All right, so now that we've gone on this little tour journey of all the things that are difficult about developing your own style, let's get into what you actually can start to do to shift things. All right, so we're going back to those influences, those influences that you just can't get out of your head and your work is looking like theirs and you don't want it to and it's so annoying. I had originally talked about unfollowing, and yes, you should probably do that, but you need to do more than that. You need to actually look them in the face, metaphorically speaking, and address those influences. You do this by looking at your work. 
Um, I would even encourage you to make an actual list as you go through this. But in looking at your work, what elements, ideas, colors, etc. came from where? Who'd you get it from? You know, what led you to make what you're making? And of those elements, did you change any of them? Did you make them your own? Are they enough your own? It's really important that you become conscious of exactly what came from where so that you can make intentional decisions about if you want to and should continue using those things. When we're not conscious of them, they kind of tend to creep in no matter what we do. So I really, really recommend that you go this route. I also want to add here that almost all artists get something from somewhere. A lot of times it's from art. A lot of times it's not. Um, But in going through this process, you might find, yeah, I got this from here, but it's evolved so much since then. I've really made it my own. It doesn't look anything like that. And that's okay too. I think the important thing is just to be conscious about what you are deciding. Okay, on to the next tip. I want to preface this by saying if you're struggling by feeling overly influenced, it might be good to take a little detox from getting inspiration from other art. However, I think there's a time and a place from getting inspiration from art. So let's talk about how you can do that. The first thing is you definitely want to look at work that's nothing like what you're making. (laughs) If you are a painter, maybe you want to look at sculpture. If you're an abstract painting, maybe you want to look at some realistic work and vice versa. I highly recommend going beyond visual art, books, music, film, etc. There's also a lot of visual resources that aren't art. You know, I love like old graphics from the 90s. So gather up some things that are very different from what you make and that you resonate with. And then I want you to ask yourself, what specifically do I like about this thing? What is drawing me to it? And then from there, how can I incorporate this into what I'm already doing? So I'm going to give you an example of what this might look like from my own development Uh, A couple years ago, I was really into this musical, like, producer artist named Henry Green, and his music is really beautiful and, like, a little bit etheric. Obviously, that was kind of my vibe. And when I read something about what he had said about his music, he said what made it unique was the space in his music, which is interesting when you think about music. And I started listening more, and I really heard that. So I asked myself how I might incorporate that into what I was already doing, And visually, I thought that that might translate as more space in between elements. And that's when I started spreading things out a little bit more. I started leaving a lot more breathing room and created pieces that were more minimal. I also made elements more suspended, like as if they were in space. At that point, I hadn't moved on to, you know, my pink pastel color palette or like the crystals that are currently in my work, but I was working abstractly. So I was able to incorporate this one new thing. So I want to highlight this here. I think that when we are realizing that we want to develop more of our own style, it can feel a little overwhelming, like we have to overhaul everything we've been doing and then invent this totally new thing out of thin air. And I think Hannah actually said that in her question. I think a more practical approach, which I think is what most artists actually end up doing, is making little shifts at a time. And that means starting from where you are and from the way that you are currently working. If each of these little steps acts like a stepping stone and you do them repeatedly, one building on the other for year after year, your work might look completely different in two years from now, one year from now, even six months, I would say. 
Okay, so my next piece of advice is to change up your medium. This could look like going to the art supply store and getting a new brush or a new tool or a color you've never used before. But I think bringing in interesting mediums is really what sets certain work apart. It can change the whole look of what you do just by adding or subtracting one thing. For me, that was really spray paint. So if you look at my work now, spray paint plays a huge role. I do these faded backgrounds. I kind of add in these like spray paint nebulous clouds. And that really shifted the look of my work. Not only did it shift the look of my work, but it went with the concepts and content that I was aiming to communicate. So this is kind of a segue into our last tip but the medium fit the message. Now, depending on what stage in the game you're at, you don't have to do that. It can be too stressful. It might be important for you to just try new things on and see how they feel in your hands, and that's great. But if you're looking for guidance on what direction you should go or what new things or elements you should incorporate, you may want to look to your central interests, themes, and ideas. Okay, so that leads me to my final piece of advice when it comes to developing your style, and that is to spend time knowing yourself as an artist, cultivating your interests, and kind of parsing out what themes you want to bring into your work. Again, I'm going to point to my own story and let you know that it was just like three or four years ago that my work was very abstract expressionist. You know, I... Um, I was natural with color, which I think still shows, and I loved getting to be emotive and spontaneous, and I think abstract expressionism is also a great place to learn. Um, it's also a fabulous genre, too, if, if you end up staying there. But I did hit a point where I started asking these questions, like, is this me? Does my work look like other work? Can I make it feel more like my own thing? And that really set me on this like introspective period where I was asking myself, you know, what am I about? Who have I always been? What have been the interests and things that I care about that have persisted throughout time? And it was really like a light bulb went off where I was like, wait, aside from being an artist, I'm also somebody who's kind of been on like, I guess you would say spiritual quest, which is, you know, story for another time. Um, I've always been interested in like expanding my consciousness, experimenting with psychedelics, which I've talked about on this podcast. And I've always been drawn to the mystical, maybe angelic, inexplainable side of life. When I looked at my art, I realized that that was nowhere to be seen. Like, yes, it was very emotive. And uh, I think you could maybe read into it as something intuitive, but it wasn't quite telling the story of you know, what was really present for me. And I have to say that that was the biggest shift from where I was to where I am now. So once I realized that, I really had to start asking myself, well, not just asking myself, it opened up a whole can of worms, which is now my own art evolution process that I will probably be on forever and I hope continues to evolve. But nevertheless, it really changed my course and it really gave me new and exciting material to work with that was mine. Now, am I the first person ever to make work about this? Absolutely not. But the way in which I do it and the way that, you know, these realms feel to me is unique. So similarly, if you're really passionate about nature, which I think is 
very common because nature is awesome. I don't want you to steer away from that because you feel like it's been done before. There are things that you are going to notice about nature. There are things that you will specifically be drawn to and love and see that other people won't. And so this is a large area, a large topic, this whole idea of, you know, excavating your most true and powerful content and translating it visually into an aesthetic and into a style. There's so much that goes into this and that's exactly the workshop I'm going to be teaching. We're going to do that work. But if I had to give some advice in this like small clip of airspace, I would tell you to take an intuitive approach. And so I would think of that thing that you're interested in. I would close your eyes and I would see what comes to mind when you think about those things. Is it a color? Is it a person? Is it an idea? Is it an adjective? And start asking yourself how you might weave that in visually to what you're already doing. And I think if you did that consistently over time and let yourself follow the new things that drop in, the new themes you become interested in, I think that's the process. I think that's how we turn the wheel forward and evolve our work. So... I hope that if you're struggling with this and if you're just not even struggling, but just craving to have your work be more you and recognizable, um, I hope that this was all really helpful. I can't stress enough how excited I am about this upcoming workshop series and that if you're in this place, I really hope you join us. I have designed this specifically for maximum breakthroughs. And I'm really going to guide you through doing this work for yourself. It was really important to me to not teach a class where your work would come out looking like mine, um, but where your work would be on a track to embody you as an artist. And, And I think that's really what I've put together here. Also, like I was mentioning at the beginning of this episode, I'm really excited about the interactive component. You know, these are all going to be live, so discussions will happen, your questions will be welcome. And in the last session, we're going to split up into small groups, and we're going to get to have a real conversation about your work. Or if you don't have work yet, about who you might be as an artist, what you're interested in, and what you might be able to do to bring that to your work. Also, like I mentioned in the beginning, I think it's so important for us to engage in things where we're together in community as artists. I think so much magic happens in those containers. And I also think that even if you've been making art for a while and you're like pretty okay with your style, you know, you're not a super newbie, but you could like refine it and freshen it up. This is also going to be really perfect for that place as well. So I sincerely hope you'll join us. All the information where you can learn more and enroll is in the show notes and on my website. Um, I also want to mention that, obviously, this was a Q&A episode, and I thoroughly enjoy doing these. I plan on doing them, you know, for seasons and months to come. So if you have a question that you would like answered on the podcast, you can send me an email at devinleewalls at gmail.com in the show notes for you. Um, Just put the subject as podcast question and let me know. If I don't get to it right away, I will eventually. And the last thing I have to tell you guys that I don't really want to tell you, but I am going to tell you is that this is our final episode for a little bit here. We are going to take a short pause on the Art and Magic podcast. I'm thinking it's just going to be a couple weeks. You know, I have been on such a roll with these conversations and I've so enjoyed them that I really don't intend to step away for very long. 
at the same time, (laughs) I have not been able to create new episodes on Backlog while preparing for a show, while preparing my new course. Um, So it's important that I step away just for a brief sec, but I will definitely be back, hopefully within just a couple weeks. As always, if you would like to support the show, the best way to do so is to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That is sincerely how the show grows, how we get the word out to other artists, and they really make me so happy to see. So you can just scroll down where you're listening, hit the five stars, and leave a review. Um, The other way that the show grows is by your shares on Instagram. So if you are listening to this episode and you're resonating, please do share it on Instagram and tag us at Art and Magic. And you can also tag my personal account at Devin Walls Art. So that brings us uh, to the end of today's episode. I hope you've enjoyed. Until next time, I'm sending you lots of love and tons of magic.